0: to the loving bdsm podcast episode 285 killer lords here with the one the only the i'm just glad you're sitting here next to me willing to do this after having been hit by a literal fucking car john brownstone
1: <laughs> i'm happy to be sitting here too
0: you, well i mean yes in general yeah yes also sitting here for this specific purpose yeah okay good. okay <laughs> this week we're doing another q a episode with questions we received from that handle i fucking hate over on instagram Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Tuesday and Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Loving BDSM, on FetLife, at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle, I will forever fucking hate Loving DS and the number one, so it's at LovingDS1. Or on YouTube at youtube.com/slash Loving BDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. And we think we're back at it uh, as of this week, so going forward, you can join us over on YouTube to watch the live stream. All links are in the show notes. The show notes are found at LovingBDSM.net. A big thanks, as always, to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We see you. We love you. We're very grateful to you. We would not be here without you at this point. Uh, if you'd like to join our kinky community and get access to extra content like a monthly live stream, like a behind the scenes podcast every month and a discord server with a group of super cool, super nice kinksters, join us at patreon.com slash That's patreon.com slash or use the link in the show notes. This will be a wild episode of what did we forget to do that we always do. Yeah, and right. those of y'all who have been around for a while, who are creatures of habit, will probably remind us later the th- of the things we forgot to do. Um, I do have a couple of announcements. One, um, assuming you continue to feel as good as you do now, if not better, mm-hmm. we should have our Friday night live stream rando hangout we don't do anything but sit around and bullshit with one another right even though i call it a virtual much on youtube friday october 15th i think that's the date on the calendar at 9 30 p.m eastern
1: mm-hmm.
0: um will we go to our usual midnight can't say because that's on you if you're uh. not feeling it we'll be done early um but our intention is to do that we do that on the third friday of every month the only time we change schedules as you know, when JB gets hit by a car or if there's a conflict with that particular week. Um, so yeah, that's still happening. And the other thing is we would like to uh, encourage anybody who wants more weapons of ass destruction in their life, to uh, join us over at The Kinkery and um, subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, You get a 10% off coupon at our shop, Mm -hmm. thekinkery.com, when you do that. And you get first notice of new products, sales, and other information. And our uh, Kinkery store anniversary is this month. And so there will be something coming for that. And if you would like to know about it first, ha ha ha, Mm -hmm. the newsletter is the place to do it. The link is in all the places. If you're listening on the podcast, it's in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, it's in the description box. Also, you could just go to thekinkery.com and you can subscribe to the newsletter there. So uh, those are the announcements. And now we're going to get right into the questions. Um, If anybody ever needed a reason to follow us on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, Uh, It's loving DS one the number one. I hate it. I've gone over it many times about why I hate it. I still hate it. I will always hate it. Can't change it to what I want. So we just go with what we got. Um, But it's just easier to keep up with the questions that are asked there. That's why. So that's what we're going to do. Let us get into it. Uh, How do you make a, a dominant fall in love when he's hard to get? I had immediate thoughts.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> can I say my very first immediate go,
1: thought? Go ahead.
0: You don't make anybody do anything. There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dominant um, or otherwise, you you can't make somebody fall in love with you.
0: No, no, you can want them to. You yeah. can try to be uh, your best self as often as you can. Mm-hmm. You can talk to them about what you'd like to experience with them, but you can't make nothing happen. Nope. Uh, and the more you try to force it or make it or whatever, uh, the more you tend to push people away, the more you're likely to violate boundaries, even though you don't mean to, the more you might creep somebody out because they're like, I think I was clear that maybe I'm not interested. Also, are they playing hard to get because because they're not interested? Or is it that you keep trying to get them to love you and they don't, and you're interpreting that as playing hard to get. See what I mean? So be honest if it's a person that you have enough rapport with that you can say, hey, I'd like to be in a relationship with you. I'd like to be your submissive, your dominant, you're this, you're that, whatever the role might be. Uh, and then they get to decide from there and then you've got to accept their answer. What would you say?
1: Um, I, I said, well, you know, you, you can't, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, dominant or, you know, non-kinky relationship, you you can't make a person fall in love with you.
0: You also can't make a person be your dominant. You can't make them be your submissive. And that's if you, even if you've been in a relationship with them in a non-kinky way for years, decades, whatever, Mm -hmm. they have to want it. And you have to respect whatever they decide, whether that's a yes or a no. The
1: The other person has to be open to wanting a relationship with the other person.
0: Exactly. Yep. So can we all just stop trying to make each other feel anything? Cause that's not how any Mm-mm. of that
1: works. Nope.
0: Okay. Next question. Do you like a scheduled specific day or time? Um, I'm assuming for kink or do you mm-hmm. like unplanned?
1: Um, for us anymore, because of the nature of our, our lives, mm-hmm. um, it's more so planned think in the beginning, it was a little bit more spontane, spontaneous. Um, but yeah, just the way things have kind of gone, you know, shifted in our lives and the things we've been doing, it's um, more of a, all right, I'll have my machine call your machine. Let's uh, do some kink.
0: Right. If we tried to be spontaneous, it was it's never going to happen anymore. Right. Um, I also think that because we integrate our power exchange so much into our every moment of the day, as much as we can. There are times when <laughs> I'm not feeling submissive, you're not feeling dominant, but mm-hmm. we it, we try to weave it into just our life in general that I don't, actually planning a kink thing is almost refreshing because mm-hmm. it, it it is all unplanned in that really structured way because, At what moment am I going to call you daddy in that tone I use? Well, it depends Mm. on the moment, and that's going to happen whenever it happens. But when am am I going to get a spanking? Well, after you recover from being hit by an actual car. (laughs) But we're going to plan that because we have busy lives. And I don't think planning your kink takes away from your kink quite frankly planning your kink uh if you have enough time to plan it means you can build anticipation exactly you can I can tease say one that, another about you know, it you can look forward to it you can like there's a bunch mm-hmm. that can go into planning it that heightens the right. moment
1: and i know for me when we when we plan it yeah if it's far enough out oh my gosh the you know there's there's a certain anticipation mm-hmm. for me you know kind of mm-hmm keeps me going to get there.
0: Yeah, and I, and part of it's a personality thing. I'm not a naturally spontaneous person. I don't know if anybody around here <laughs> could guess that, but, <laughs> um, and, <clears throat> you okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what might be spontaneous might only be able to last for five minutes. What we can plan, we might be able to plan for an hour. Right. So if I'm picking, I'm picking <laughs> planned. So know. that would be the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um. Next question, do you ever feel uncomfortable wearing a collar in public? And they said, I feel like people know judge look extra. So I don't even think about it anymore. It's kind of just on. The only time I ever feel self-conscious and it's only a teeny tiny little bit is when somebody tells me they love my necklace and I am not in a place, like we're not at a munch, we're not around known mm. kingsters where I can be like, well, it's my collar from elegantly owned down Etsy, you should get you one, right? <laughs> that's the moment I feel uncomfortable because I just am like, oh, they're actively looking at this and is this their way of letting me know that they know that what this mm-hmm. is or are they just being nice? Uh, but that's a momentary blip and that's for me to get over. I think if, And this one is probably the most, air quote, obvious in my mind, collar I've worn ever. Before they were just necklaces or they would, um, they were very discreet. And so I never felt self-conscious about it because I knew that at quick glance, you didn't know what I was wearing. It looked like I was wearing a necklace. Um, If I was wearing something that looked more like, I don't know, a dog collar or one of those big heavy chains, I if I was the type of person to like that kind of color, I'd be less likely to feel self-conscious about it. Um, But I don't know for a fact, Mm. that for a fact. Um, The thing I would say though, is that the things that are obvious to us because we know all the details get completely missed by the average person. (laughs) The average person, one, not looking that closely at you, two, does not fucking care enough. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: and if they think you're wearing a collar and they even know what that is, they have some level of kink in them, like even just a little bit. So it's probably okay. Uh, the couple of times that I've probably been the most self-conscious about my collar being commented on though, were the times when like my mom would say, that's a beautiful necklace. <laughs> Thanks, mom. But if somebody comments on it, Uh, One, if they ask, what is that? It's my necklace, it's my jewelry. Like you don't have to give them an answer. You can also ignore them. Ignoring is an answer. Um, And if they say they like it, just say, thanks. Somebody complimenting the thing around your neck or wherever, however you wear a color, Mm -hmm. does not mean you have to divulge all of the details about it either. Because sometimes they're really just going, that is really pretty. This is, mine is super colorful. It's got this bright purple chain running through the stainless steel part of the chain. The collar, is these vibrant colors, you know, quite frankly, the people who tend to comment on how pretty it is would probably be my people anywhere. They're usually like wearing some level of purple or they're usually like Mm -hmm. really kind of bubbly and like they've got a baby girl vibe, even if they would never call themselves that. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not offended and I'm not worried about what they're thinking. It kind of makes sense that it might catch their eye. So, yeah. yeah. And if you really are that self-conscious about it, you're like, this just looks so obvious and I feel like I'm being stared at. If, you know, it's a decision, if the collar that you wear was a decision between you and your partner, then talk to your partner about what other things you can wear that will like make you feel less self-conscious. Um, and necklaces, anklets, rings, bracelets, like you can wear things that nobody's even able to see if that helps you. I don't mm-hmm. think people should walk around feeling self-conscious. I also <laughs> think we worry about what people think of us way more than people actually think of us. Yeah. What would you say?
1: I, I, I think you said- Ditto? Yeah. Okay. okay. What, what you said is just fine. I mean, I don't wear one, so I wouldn't really.
0: Uh, here's one. Um, coming out about your kinks to your parents, things to be careful about had an immediate thought about this one. It's a question, and then I'll let you share.
1: Okay. Do you have
0: to come out to your parents about your kinks? <laughs> I feel like that should be the first question. Well. If the answer for you is, yes, I feel like it is important, okay, okay. Then that's that's a different thing to
1: answer. Yeah. What are I your, mean, your Your reaction on that was, you know, I, I kind of looked at you. Um, you know, for some people, it is important. Um, they get to a point that they don't want to have to hide who they are anymore and and what they do so you know there there is a certain importance to that um i i don't think there's really anything to look out for um i think probably the most important thing is don't um offer too much information no you you know um (laughs) just just kind of give the basics you know um I mean everybody's going to react differently Mm -hmm. when you when you tell them something like that so you know don't don't go too far you know, if they are open to it, they will ask questions.
0: I would say give minimal information and let them ask questions. Right. And then you decide, am I comfortable actually telling my parents this? Yeah.
1: And, you know, go with the minimal information. And it may be even a, a thing that even with the minimal, they may need to process some of that too.
0: Yeah. I'm, I still, so I get that some people feel very, either very strongly about their kink identity that mm-hmm. they want people to know, Okay. Also, I was trying I was trying to put myself in other people's shoes. I was like, okay, if I had to live with my mom again, heaven forbid, but if I had to live with my mother again, I should probably warn her about something she might see, something she might hear. Maybe I should warn her. And I was like, okay. And I was trying to think of it along those terms because I am, maybe I'm old school. Maybe I'm just uh, a stick in the mud is the old expression. I mean, aging myself there. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just no fun to be around, but I would never have given my family intimate details about my kinks if I had not had those outed in a way Mm -hmm. that meant that I felt like I had no choice but to explain myself. Now I'm in a situation where my mom was like, oh, we're a don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. I don't care what the hell you do. You're a grown ass lady. I just don't really want to know about it. Like live your life. Are you happy? Are you healthy? Are you safe? I mm-hmm. don't fucking care. And I went, good. Cause I'd really not rather not have this conversation, but also once you've seen my bare ass on the internet, we should probably have a conversation. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe that's why I'm salty about it because the few times there has been disclosure, it wasn't because we went, you know what? This is a good day to sit the family down and tell them who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um So that is truly though my first question. Do you have to? Is this information that they need or is this information that's burning inside of you to get out? That's valid if it is. I'm not Mm -hmm. judging anybody for that even though I am fundamentally different in that way. Um, I also think that establishing strong boundaries for yourself about what you share with anybody is super important. And also you have to respect the boundaries of your parents too. You might want to tell them all the details and they might be like, I don't want to know all the details. Mm -hmm. Are you safe? Are you happy? Are you healthy? Are you whole? Okay, that's all I needed. And you can stop there. So um, yeah, we're on two sides of the... Of this because I'm over here like why you gotta tell them anything?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but that's my, that might be my own issues well, coming mean, out. I mean, for
1: some for some people it, it's important that they you know are able to present their true self. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know my me myself of late I've kind of gotten into this mindset. You know especially if somebody asks me like well I'll I'll be happy to tell you.
0: And that is different, yeah. I, I I'd be I, I'd, I'd be would,
1: happy to tell you, but just you sure you just <laughs> understand. Once I tell you, you can't unknow it. And
0: that, quite frankly, one of the first conversations I ended up having. Excuse me. With my mom after the second time I was mm-hmm. outed in a different way, because the first time you were outed by your family, I chose to disclose some information to mm-hmm. my family. And I carefully yeah. controlled that message. They got bare minimum details to understand that their precious child did shit that they did not understand and would never have approved of. And my mom was mm-hmm. like, I don't give a fuck. The second time a family member went digging and I was like, you can't unsee it once you see it. Right. Once you know it, it's out there. And he lost his fucking mind and his shit and it's bad and it's still bad mm-hmm. th- two, three years later. Yeah. Um. And now my mom, who doesn't want to know that about her child at all, doesn't want to know any of it, does not care, doesn't care if I have multiple partners, doesn't care who I get freaky with, doesn't care that I like to have my ass beat. She doesn't want to know. Outside of me controlling that, she was being shown that information that went against her boundaries. And now I felt like we had to have a conversation Mm -hmm. and, It's all situational and was that a little bit traumatic for she and I both? Yes. Do I now have strong feelings about how much we share with our families? Of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think that before you talk to family, I think you think about the situation. What what is driving the decision, right? Is it just one of those things If you want the people in your life that you care about to understand you more fully? I support that, go for it. Um, is it a situation where they're gonna see stuff they're not gonna understand and you're trying to prevent some misunderstandings? That makes sense to me too. But I also think you can still tightly control that information. They don't necessarily need every detail that you could share. And that could be a decision you make to protect your own boundaries, mm-hmm. especially if you're dealing with nosy family members who want information they're not entitled to, uh, or your family might not want the details you're willing to share and they're happy mm-hmm. with just the bare minimum. So I just think there's a lot to think about right. um, and things to be careful about and the, the person's original question is, is cr- blurring the lines of at each side's boundaries because depending on your situation with your parents, some parents push too hard and they think they're supposed to yeah. know everything about their children even when you're 42 mm-hmm. and paying your own fucking bills. And- No, they're not necessarily
1: right you 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 know we we talked last time about personal boundaries you know and if they ask you a question and you don't feel comfortable answering you you can say that you you know yep you can tell them as much or as little as you're comfortable with Mm -hmm.
0: and for some of us the the comfort level is i'm not telling you shit you're not going to know anything and for others a comfort level is i'm an open book you can know whatever um and I still, and even in, in those two extremes, there's, we got to respect everybody's boundaries there. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And just the thing I would, because I know that a lot of people have this from their parental figures and their caregivers, um, we are grown ass adults here. And yes, there was a time our parents might have demanded answers and we felt we were supposed to give them all the information. Sure, but no, you don't, you don't have to. No, no matter how much they push or how much they pressure you, you don't have to tell them, all the details if you're not comfortable sharing those details. Correct. But in a kink situation, especially if it's coming from somebody asking you questions, I would definitely go with the okay, but once you know, you'll never not know. So mm-hmm. are you sure you want to dive into this with me? Right. So, okay. Uh, next question. Um, What books or media or podcasts do you enjoy to cheer each other up or get into a DS headspace or... Any of
1: that.
0: Hmm. I listen to business podcasts, so don't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read self-help books. If I read it all anymore, don't ask me. <laughs> what? What is the headspace? What is pleasure? What? 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 <laughs> what do you, what media do you consume? Because I know you um,
1: do. Yeah. For, for me, I think it's um, BDSM Erotica. You
0: do read a lot of that. Yeah. You do read a lot, a lot yeah. of that.
1: And, um, you know, reading that, sometimes certain scenes, some, certain things, interactions between characters kind of gets the uh, old juices flowing. And, mm-hmm. you know, ooh, this would be kind of, you know, <laughs> and, ho, 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 ho ah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I like to read erotica just to re- be reminded that, why, yes, I can feel arousal. Mm-hmm. It does happen. It still exists. woo uh, But I don't read enough of that either.
1: And, you know, sometimes, sometime you know, when I'm when I'm working in the shop, I listen to music all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've got a um, uh, pair of noise-canceling earbuds that I put in, trying to keep the uh, tool noise down. And uh, you know, we listen listening to a tune. And I'm like, "Oh, that's got a good beat to it. I could, uh, I could, I could roll with that."
0: Not gonna lie, I could totally use an impact play scene set to music with a driving beat. Yeah, man, that's oh. Mm-hmm. Now I'll say I'll say this, and I don't listen to a lot of music it, like you do. And even when I do, it's whatever happens to come on the radio. I don't go looking for anything specific. I have Spotify, I don't use it. it I'm bad about that. But if I hear certain songs that either I know we've seen to, mm-hmm. like "Sail" by,
1: yeah, I can't think. I of the can't name, think of the group.
0: The song Sail. is called "Sail." Though, oh. Or, or Lincoln um, Park. yeah, Godsmack. Certain God, yeah. types of songs that I know we've seen to mm-hmm. um, that will get me into a headspace, even though I might be driving to the grocery store.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah,
0: I'm I'm down for whatever right mm-hmm. now. Oh yeah, I don't have time for whatever right now. So mm. that would that would be my answer. Um, this one I had to include because I'm here for shameless self promotion whenever we have the opportunity. Uh-oh. What is a good first wooden paddle type first, Get getting mm. your first wooden paddle what's a what's a good one or a good style or a, what's good to know about it when you're shopping for your first one um which you can buy wooden paddles from us at thekinkery.com <laughs> okay go ahead
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i i think it's good to know what type of impact play you like um mm-hmm. uh, whether you like thuddy whether you like something that stings um or a little bit of both do you want something
0: light do you want something Mm -hmm. heavy like yeah
1: you know um you got to look at the situations it's going to be used in um is this going to be in the bedroom over the knee so to speak you know then you want something a little smaller uh if you're going to be playing in an open public place you know hell yeah, no no bars held you know you go you, you, you get the can, go, you can lift. Get, get the biggest you can lift and swing comfortably so you know that that kind of
0: there's also because i'm thinking about how we play with wooden toys mm-hmm. um there are i'm gonna give examples of products we sell it is not just a shameless promotion because we play with them too So the slapstick that we make is based on a paint stir. So you can do a paint stir, a paint stick from the Home Depot or the Lowe's or whatever, right? Um, You do that when you want to kind of annoy me in a scene. You wanna do light taps that are your in and out real quick. You wanna like, keep me off my guard. You don't want it to hurt so much that I might um, say for it out. You don't want Mm -hmm. it. it's not part of a big deep impact scene. It's just a, hi, I'm here and you, you,
1: you're like in and out, right. in and out,
0: and all over the place. And, and
1: the thing that's nice with that is because it's small, mm-hmm. it's then, I mean, I can, you know, get you on the arm, Yeah, I, I can get between your legs with it, you know, right. your upper chest.
0: And something like that is, you can do with a quote, standard air quote on that standard mm-hmm. wooden paddle, but it's not as easy. Uh, small wooden paddles, like a lot of the kind you make, um, yeah. are great for over the knee or bent Correct. over the bed. Longer wooden paddles, (laughs) you've got room to swing. Those go across both cheeks. Like what kind of sensation, what kind of play are you envisioning? Mm -hmm. That is what helps you figure out is this style right for your first one if you don't have one at all. Wooden paddle, that is. Um, There's also um, how much extra sensation do you want? A basic wooden paddle that is universally pretty good for your first time is gonna be solid. It's gonna mm-hmm. be probably one piece. It's not, it might have decoration on it, but it's not gonna have things jutting out from it or indenting it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, because that's just a solid impact sensation, sting, thud, smacky, some, somewhere in there. But once you start getting into embellishments, the Holy Terror is an example. Right. The base is a regular, just solid paddle until you drilled two holes into it. And now it hurts like a motherfucker yep. because now it's got an added sting. We've got one called the Rough Rider. I swear I'm not just plugging the shop is just the examples we have. You added rope to it, which yeah. a lot of people are nervous about. They think that's gonna make it like super scratchy upon impact. Actually, no, it turned a lightweight paddle into a thuddy paddle. I mm-hmm. like it. But on the other side of that rope, you have the knots where you had to attach the rope. Mm-hmm. When those knots hit, that's a, that hurts. That sensation when the knot of rope attached to the paddle
1: mm-hmm. hits
0: me is similar in sensation to a cane. It's just in one small spot yeah. instead of all the way across. So when you're looking at a wooden paddle with embellishments added, now you might be at a slot, you're gonna change the sensation. Mm-hmm. And those are not advanced level paddles, but for a beginner, they might feel that way. So yeah, how do you wanna play? What do you wanna feel?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How basic do you wanna go? Right. Yeah. I swear mm-hmm. I did not, I didn't include that just to tell you about all our products, I swear to God. Okay, mm-hmm. Here's a, here's another question what's something BDSM has brought to your life that carries over into the vanilla slash real world?
1: Um, I think I probably have to say first and foremost is communication.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um, better, better communication. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a much better understanding of who we are mm-hmm. not just so much as you know who you are as a submissive but who you are as a person mm-hmm. all right it it's given me uh you know much better insight
0: mm-hmm.
1: to you in that respect
0: mm-hmm. i mean i for me it, the is not that much different communication is the biggest skill that transfers mm-hmm. over uh some of the conversations you and I have had about how to more effectively parent, I have said, wait, mm-hmm. you're not talking to this kid the way you even talk to me. Why not try that method? Obviously it's different because we have clearly defined roles of Dom and Sub and we're both aware of those roles and we embrace those roles. Whereas as a parent, sometimes the kid does not embrace the kid role because yeah. they think they know everything and you just want to pinch your little head off but you don't because you love them. Anyway, um, <laughs> But I was like, wait, you know, you're, if you talked to me the way I hear you talk to that kid, we would be having problems. So why mm-hmm. not try blah, blah, blah? So I, I advise you on that, but I also do that for myself. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This way of communicating with a partner works really well. What if mm-hmm. I try it with the kids as a parent? not got as high of a success rate as a power exchange relationship, but it mostly works. Um, The ability to say the hard thing, that's transferable. If I can say the hard Mm -hmm. thing to you, I am better likely to say the hard thing to somebody else. Um, I have, listening to my body and my mind, but listening to myself to figure out what I want, what I don't want, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. I feel like that's transferred over. Mm, So I am better in tune with, this is not what I want to be doing um, in the non-kink life, because I have to be good at telling you, this is not what I want to be doing in my kink life, right? Because we're trying to actively have a healthy power exchange that can function from day to day. So when something doesn't work, something one of us, whichever one of us it's happening to, mm-hmm. has to say something. Well, once you kind of get used to doing that in one facet of life, if, if you're conscious of it, if you're aware of it, it's a little bit easier to do in other facets of life. So yeah, communication is probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a thing that we ever share or advise or suggest or whatever that can't also be true in the vanilla world. The only, the only exceptions to that might be specific techniques for kinky fuckery, <laughs> <laughs> but like how to navigate a relationship and um, have a yeah, happy one or a healthy one or whatever, that's all transferable. Uh, as people love to remind me when they go, well, that's true. Even if you're not kinky, yes, yeah. we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, here's another question. Okay, it's really yeah, it's a question. There's a, there's a little bit of background here. Uh, dominant got his wife pregnant. I fell in love with him. Worth even continuing? <laughs> this just causes more questions. Yeah, is the dominant and that person's wife? Are they in an open relationship, poly, whatever? Are they ethically non-monogamous? If the answer is no, then I would say, no, don't continue. If the answer is yes, then the next part is, okay, is this a time in this dominance life when that person can give you the time and attention you need Mm -hmm. or are you going to be dissatisfied because they can't? Because, ooh. Pregnancy, new babies, that's a lot. Um, Some people want to slow things down in the rest of their life when when a pregnancy occurs. Uh, How much of this is uh, a relationship that wasn't being hidden from the wife when they were not pregnant versus when they are? Uh, How much uh, of this is you knew that the person was married versus you didn't know and then now you just found out so they were lying to you too? Because if they've been lying to you, know it's not worth continuing. <laughs> um, and also, the real answer is talk to the person. Yeah. Can they handle a relationship with you while their other partner is pregnant? There you go. It's for them to decide. And then that's, mm-hmm. depending on what they say, then it's for you to decide, is it worth it? to wait or is it worth it to continuing moving forward? Pregnancy is huge in people's lives, planned or unplanned, wanted, Mm -hmm. not wanted. It's a, it's kind of a big deal until it plays out in whatever way it's going to play out. Uh, But that's for the people to, who are dealing with the pregnancy to decide what they can handle and what they can't handle. Like there's no, there's no advice I can give for that. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, because I mean, (laughs) even if it's, even if it is a, a non-monogamous relationship, Um, you know, let's face it, the, the having a baby, one, one of the partners having a baby is going to shift. There's going to be an adjustment period. Minimum, there's going to be an adjustment period. Because they're, they're, you know, babies take a wee bit of care. They
0: do. And and they do take some attention. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so
1: there are definitely going to be some, some boundaries that you know, are shifted around.
0: Right. And that's assuming this was all in the up and up and we're in an ethical, non-monogamous situation and everybody knows what the hell's going on. True. But when I look at it cynically slash (laughs) realistically, who's been lying to who? Mm
1: -hmm. Who don't know who's the
0: side person? Right. Which of this was brand new information to whom? Mm -hmm. And if it was brand new information, because... Pertinent details were not disclosed. I feel like that tells you everything you need to know about whether this relationship is worth continuing. There you go. That's what I would say. Um, Here's a question, and I didn't know an answer, so hopefully... If there is an answer, you know it. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain collar for certain kinks? So the way I'm reading that is sort of uh, like the hanky signal thing. Yes. Do a hanky of a, or a handkerchief of a certain color located on a certain side. It indicates what you're into. Mm-hmm. Are there collars specific for certain kinks? Um,
1: not that I'm aware of. Mm-mm. Uh, you know, colors uh, from as from long as I've been around, it, it's a personal thing. Yeah, one. I think there are
0: stereotypes um, of certain collars, like yeah. if you're into pet play, you might be more likely to wear a
1: pet collar. Pet collar. collar. Uh, you know, there are some, most of the things with collars are more of a personally assigned mm-hmm. nature uh, from, you know, well, this is a collar of consideration. hmm Okay. A training collar. A, a, a training collar or a play collar, you know, or... You know, a day collar. A, which... a, a day collar, you know. And and those are very personal things to, to each person.
0: Right. One person's day collar will be another person's right. play po-
1: collar. Um, you know, yeah. The the hanky from, from the old guard, that's, you know, to let people know what you're into. But as far as collars having anything like that, nothing that I have ever been made aware of.
0: Mm-mm. Now, there are fact. infinity collars that are... Um, there's no often or always or common or anything like that, but I think that are associated with uh, owner slave uh, dynamics mm. because an infinity collar, by its very nature, like there's no easy like unlatch it and move on, and, and has to be, um, it has to be unlocked in a certain way. But like my, my the collar I'm wearing right now has a, a locking locket on yeah. it, and so therefore has to be unlocked in order mm-hmm. to be taken off. Um, that is. Is that is commonly associated with 24/7 or owner slave, but it doesn't have right. to be. It's right. literally what do you what do you want to wear on your body on your person in some way, mm-hmm. and what meaning do you ascribe
1: to it? Yeah, and and who mentioned that you know the, an, an anklet has sometimes been used to signify a hot wife. Okay, and and that I have heard. Um, More specifically with that, an anklet with a um, a spade. Oh, wow. On it, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um, You know, like from the card face, the ace of spades kind of thing. Okay. Um, Now, the the infinity collar that I have, um, or the infinity, uh, any infinity necklace. Sure. um, I have heard uh, can denote uh, poly.
0: Okay, okay. So yeah, uh, every community will can have their own sort of communal mm-hmm. understanding of what things mean, um, but also who, it doesn't matter. You can ignore that and go, I like what that one looks like. Here's what it means to me. Right. I will wear it in this situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, any advice for a vanilla boyfriend who doesn't have any kink at all, but wants to satisfy his girlfriend who's a, a little and a pet and all that good stuff.
1: Mm. Um, I'm going to have to do some homework.
0: And I think you're going to, this is true, whether you're kinky or not, but in this case, even I would say even more so, both people need to have a serious conversation about what the non kinkster is, what path they're willing to go down. What are they right. willing to do or not do? Um, it's one of those times that maybe big, maybe no Guarantees, I would say, mm-hmm. they might be willing to try it as a role play kind of thing where in the moment, in the scene, mm-hmm. in the bedroom, whatever, they're willing to like play a character <laughs> to a certain extent to have the experience. But when that moment's over, they may be like, nah, yeah. I'm just my normal self.
1: Well, I, I think. Quote,
0: air quote, normal self, whatever yeah. the fuck that means.
1: You know, I, I think what needs to be done right from the, the very beginning um, in something like this, is expectations need to be managed? Yes. Um, so you know there needs to definitely be a, a sit down and a conversation, mm-hmm. um, maybe even a um, somewhat of a um, kink checklist. Sure. You know because the 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 s type may be going you know they they look they're in their mind they're looking for someone to provide them a you know an hour long scene with with bruises from spankings and you know torture and the other one's thinking you know oh, just a few light taps right you know so you you need to understand where each one is heading and what each other wants
0: I also think there has to be a very clearly defined understanding from the very beginning that even if the vanilla partner is willing to try out some kinks in order to satisfy their partner, Mm to play along, to give that experience to whatever, whatever the reasons are, that that does not automatically mean that they um, are now kinky and are here to be your dominant. Um, you can't make somebody do that. Right. It is very possible that by experience, summing some of those things for themselves and realizing what it's actually like versus whatever they have in their head that it's like, they may go, oh, oh yeah, I'm totally into this and I could do this and mm-hmm. I'm happy to do more of this. Um, also just as much as we say that our boundaries are important in kink and they are, especially when negotiating kinky play mm-hmm. or kinky roles, This is still true in a non-kinkster and may be, I don't want to say more important because nobody, no one person's boundaries are more important than another's. But I think that because a non-kink partner does not necessarily have a clearly defined role the way Mm -hmm. dominant and little, you know, that, that delineation might have those conversations about their boundaries are going to be, maybe be a little bit more in depth than you might be used to with somebody who knows I'm a dominant. Here's what that means to me. Here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I'm not willing to do. Whereas a non kinky person's like, I'm willing to try whatever you're willing to try. But I, you know,
1: I don't Mm -hmm. know how
0: I feel. I don't know what this makes me. I don't know who I am in this moment. And so I think that um, being mindful that that person may be learning their boundaries on the spot, in some cases, yeah. because it's not a role that they've they have come to. The, like, I right. want to fulfill this so, role, so and what it, I think. So, that what means.
1: happens in that case is, you know, especially for the person just just learning it, you know, they may try something, and then they're like, "Oh, wait a minute, this is this is going to be a, a boundary of mine. Right. I'm not, you know." And and the other thing that's going to go, I'm going to say a word. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, I know order to say. I'm going to say a word. It's a
1: word you always say. Patience. Yep. Patience on both sides of the slash. Um, you know, everybody learns differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, you you have to to keep things like that in mind and 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 be patient. Um, and be willing to laugh when things don't work out the way you expect them to, yeah. The, you know, keep a sense of humor about it
0: in the kink, in the scene moments. I, there's, there's definitely a place to be serious because it's a serious thing. Somebody could get mm-hmm. hurt. But also, let's try and keep our sense of humor. Part of the question is, wants to satisfy their partner's needs. Like the, the non, the non-kink person wants to satisfy their kinky mm-hmm. person's wants and needs. The very first part of that is figuring out what it is they want and need. Right. If, if it's one of those situations where all the non-kinky partner knows is, oh, you are this kind of person, this is your kink identity, and I think that's what they mean when they say that, you then as the non-kink person may have either zero clue what you're supposed to do, or a lot of ideas based on not anything your partner's actually said to you, but maybe things you've seen in porn or things you've heard about or whatever. So the very first part is to go, okay, I'm not kinky, but I'd like to, be in your life, what do mm-hmm. you need to be happy? And then once you that partner has that opportunity to share some of that, then you go, what of this am I willing to try and do? Mm-hmm. But I think everybody has to be very aware that there's gonna have to be a lot of conversations about Absolutely. boundaries as they're figured out as you try mm-hmm. new stuff. Um, everybody gets boundaries. Even if you already know you're dominant, you have boundaries, but there's just as, to me, it's slightly different to walk in and go, I am a dominant. I don't quite know what that means yet, but I know that means to me, that means this versus uh, a, ah, I don't I don't know anything about this kink thing. And I don't think I'm kinky, but I'm willing to play along. Like, it's just, there's, there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let me check and see what else we have. Um. Uh, on this question um, this we have answered this many many times but we will go ahead and give a, a brief one what does the term service submissive mean first of all if you would like a much more in depth uh, answer uh, if you go to loadingbdsm.net find the search bar and type in service submission we've talked about it a lot Um, like every other style of submission or dominance or kink Mm -hmm. uh, we get to make it mean what we want it to mean the way i define service submission which is allowed to be different than the way others define service submission (laughs) um i i don't just submit as in do what you tell me to do service Correct. submission to me means i do things to help make your life or day or moment better i take care of you i do the things you want me to do but also the th- i try to fill in the gaps and holes in your life where I can be of service, Mm -hmm. that I also tend to your needs within both our mutual boundaries. Um, I serve, I serve in so many different ways. I don't know how to define it without using the word serve. Some examples include, I make your coffee, for you and sometimes i Correct. present it to you um when we're doing um family dinner i put your food on your plate for you and i walk it to the table those are teeny tiny little examples that is in no way the breadth of service submission Mm-mm. on a completely different end of the spectrum um there are people who um uh, take on butler um service right to provide service to their I've, dominant
1: I've, I've seen service submissives that um um, cleaning, yes, is is a thing for them. They love to clean, and and for them that is a complete act of service for someone.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a mindset than a specific activity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and yet other types of submissives can have a similar mindset and not call yeah. themselves a service submissive. Um, I do because I I view part of Submission means I do what you tell me to do because you were in charge and I gave up control. Mm -hmm. Serving for me means I'm taking care of you in a way that we've mutually decided you want me to take care of you in that way and I am willing to do that
1: Um, way. Yeah. One other one that comes to mind, uh, boot blacking. Mm -hmm.
0: That can definitely be a service. Absolutely. As well as just a thing somebody enjoys doing. And it's more of a mindset because people can do the same exact activities And one person will call that service and another person will call that submission. Um, You know, making your coffee. Some people Mm -hmm. are doing it simply because they're told to, not because there's any sense of I'm taking care of you, I'm helping you, I'm serving you, I'm meeting a need that you have. It's a, I'm doing it because that's what I've been told to do. It's on a list of things I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Whereas the person who's a service submissive might go, I'm doing it because without it, my daddy would not be caffeinated. And it is my job to fulfill his needs and to serve him in this way. And she the-
1: just wants me to make sure I'm not grumpy polar bear without any uh, coffee. God room.
0: fucking damn. That's right. That's the truth. That's so right. <laughs> fucking hell. Okay. <laughs> So if you act, if you're like, but mm, I want more, we have talked, we've got an entire, like what, hour long yeah. episode, mm-hmm. so lovingbdsm.net, search bar, service submission. Um, and I think this, we have one more question. Okay. What is the session, kink scene, you remember the
1: most? Hmm. Hmm, 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 I would have to say, well, wow, what? Yeah, I I would have to say any of the scenes that we did at three twelve.
0: Yeah, you know it's funny I don't have any single scene that I'm like this is the scene I remember. Mm-hmm. I have bits and pieces of scenes that stick out to me that that are memorable. Yeah, like I remember being at three twelve and for and using the rope that was suspended up from the ceiling and my hands being and i don't remember what you hit me with i just remember screaming so loud they heard me in the parking lot yeah above the pounding driving music (laughs)
1: and and i think and um yeah that was the same night um i think what sticks out in my mind with that is um i actually ended that scene because when I asked you for a color, when I checked in, you could not speak.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And I was like, nope, okay, we need to. If I had to
0: pick, oh God, probably mm, my most memorable scene. Like, like I said, it's it's more flashes of moments and mm. scenes that are memorable, but the first time you learned how to do punching as impact play.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Because I ended up having two doms working me over. That's right. That. And. Uh, if y'all had gone like 10 or 15 minutes longer, I probably would have orgasm from that. <laughs> Nobody touched me in places where it normally gets me off, but it was so, it was relaxing because it's punching. And when punching is done a certain way, it feels like a deep tissue massage. Mm-hmm. So there was that, it was highly relaxed. But also at the time I kind of had a crush on the other person until I saw part of their true nature and crush yeah. died shriveled on the vine but at the time I didn't know that and I was like oh my god my daddy's touching me this person's touching me holy shit this is fucking amazing and then just the the way y'all interacted with one another and me and all the like that was a moment Mm -hmm. that was an almost orgasmic moment and I was fully clothed and y'all never like it was it was all the you know just non-genital areas and I was so deeply turned on by it. Mm-hmm. And also punching continues to be one of, That's one, of one
1: of your favorite, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, that would, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that would probably be, yeah. One of the most memorable, but yeah, the rest, it's flashes. Like the first time mm-hmm. we got silly in a scene and you were more daddy than Dom and I was baby girl more than a masochistic, submissive. Mm -hmm. Like, we were giggly with one another and playful. I remember that first time. I don't remember what happened, but I remember that feeling. Um, I remember, I do remember the very first time we seemed publicly at a dungeon. Yes. Because I remember how scared I was, and Mm -hmm. then I remember how I did not give a fuck once we got started. And then I remember when we were done, I remember the person coming up and going, oh my God, that was amazing yeah. to watch. And I was, and I'm over here going, I won being in a BDSM dungeon. Do I get a gold star because somebody <laughs> liked me? Like I'm just, oh, i got so many fucking issues. Uh, you don't win at the dungeon, right? But don't tell my little perfectionist people pleasing brain that. Um, so yeah. Okay. Those are all our questions. Are you, are you okay? I'm okay. Okay. Um,
1: just saw something down here that, that
0: was a nice uh, variety of questions um, for um, oh you saw a thumbtack on the ground that any one of us could have stepped on thanks right. for catching that um, With we the tack pointed up we do Q and A's um, in this format every few months. Um, but we do for anybody who's ever like, but I have a question and I'd like you to answer it. We do a and A uh, for our patrons um, at patreon.com slash once a month. Um, and I give top priority to responding to DMs and messages and questions to patrons cause I know which side my mm. bread is buttered on. But um, so if you ever like, but I'd like to be able to ask questions all the time. That's the way to do it. You can join us over at Patreon, but we are uh, very thankful uh, for the questions that we received. Um, We needed a uh, relatively uh, easy uh, episode this week, as Mm -hmm. JB continues to recover. Um, So yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. That's it?
1: Yeah,
0: we're going going to a bonus section. Are we good? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we just rambled for 45 minutes to an hour.
1: What else is new? I know. All right. Keep, Keep it kinky, kinky y'all. <laughs> we'll see you next week.
0: What? <laughs> Daddy.
1: Yes, baby girl. Can
0: I told to the crickets, please? Go ahead. Even though I feel like we should be ashamed of ourselves because we couldn't even do our own damn tagline. And we did it just fine last week. I
1: know, right?
0: Oh, but in our defense you were hit by a car so i feel like we get to be forgiven many <laughs> things for a while you were hit by a car um so bonus section time mm-hmm. um we are still recovering from being hit by a car to not yeah. done that's it that's all we got all right. <laughs> you did go see the doctor Did go see, see
1: the doctor this week yesterday as a matter of fact and um everything all things considered look good mm-hmm. um, the bruising is healing most of the uh cuts and scrapes that i had are healed
0: mm-hmm. you just have a gash on your shin the, that yeah the one that was a
1: big one the one so. on my shin that that was big um the bruising is fading mm-hmm. uh still tender sure in some of those spots um, The muscle spasms that i had been having are pretty much gone. There is still some uh, tightness in the chest, Mm -hmm. uh, bruised ribs. Mm -hmm. But um, everything is uh, on the mend.
0: Yes, it was, for those who have uh, been part of the saga of JB does not like the doctor he had before, and here he is going to a doctor because, you know, hit by a car. Uh, (laughs) It was a different doctor, we are in the process of transferring care right. to somebody else um, but this was the person in the office we could see the fastest without it yeah. being the doctor jb does not want to see right. um and she was great but she, she... was
1: she was fantastic it, it was it was nice to sit in a room with someone who talked to you mm-hmm. um, did not talk at you um ask questions listened to the you know answers and allowed me to ask questions
0: yes and uh what i we both uh, acknowledged this later when we were in the car she also apologized for keeping us for five minutes because she said well i wanted to review your file before i walked in thanks thank you <laughs> it's really nice thank you so she did not ask if you'd been vaccinated she did not ask if you'd had a ct scan because guess what she had just fucking looked at it right um the other c- kind of cool thing was because they didn't know how he might have been hurt in that accident, they did a full head to toe CT scan. I do not want to see the bill for it, but mm. I'm glad you got it. So yeah. she's actually like getting an inside peek of your whole entire body, and she's she started from the top and went down, and she's yeah. like, "Yeah, I see the the nasal fracture," and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and then she's like, "So I'm looking at your back.
1: Yeah, you've
0: got a few, several, many bulging discs. <laughs> and she's like, Is that new? <laughs> And we started laughing. I'm not yeah. sure that's what she expected. No. Like, no, 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 those are the chronic problems. Yeah, you just no. need to know what the car well, did to Well it.
1: aware of those, been living with those for more years than, like, you count.
0: The... Funny, well, not funny, but you laugh because your alternative is to cry. Was yeah. when she said, "So, are you taking anything? Did they send you home from the ER with anything?" And no. She's like, "Not even a muscle relaxer."
1: He said, "No, ibuprofen, and and when I ran out of that, Tylenol."
0: And she just kind of let out a big breath, like she. I think she was trying to imagine the recovery because it had been two weeks before, from the time of the accident to the time he saw a doctor. Two weeks with nothing. So now he's got muscle relaxer and. uh She was so funny. She said, this one, they don't all work for everybody. So if this one doesn't work, give me a call. I'll get Mm -hmm. you another one. He took it. And 20 minutes later.
1: I was was in La La Land.
0: Out. I was like, okay, down for the count. I guess I'm on my own. I'm just going (laughs) to do what I got (laughs) to (laughs) do. but yeah you're sleeping in the bed now and you're sleeping through the night and you're not popping ibuprofen or acetaminophen every like three hours so no and you're here doing a live stream slash podcast Mm -hmm, recording mm -hmm. so no i'm
1: I'm definitely getting getting better i'm I'm moving around um a lot better Mm -hmm. there was uh four days or so prior right after the accident um, I, I could just barely lift my arm straight up my chest. I can lift, you know, mm-hmm. get them up over my arm, head now. Um, you know, so no, thing, things are moving in the, in the right direction and, and that was echoed by the doctor yesterday too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just gonna be, uh, you know, give it time to do its thing. And, and that's what I've been doing. I, you know, I have not been out in the shop yet. Uh, I, I definitely don't feel up to that. Uh, just trying to listen to my body and, and you know, I, I've been doing a few things, sitting at my desk, uh, had a stack of, of paddles that needed to be finished and, you know, sitting in a chair, um, doing that, um, you know, and that's, that's pretty much about it. And when I get tired, I lay down and take a nap.
0: Mm-hmm. And your dog Lola joins you. Almost every time,
1: <laughs> she. I, I think she's permanently attached to my hip now. At this point,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, that's the JB update. Yeah, the Lola update is she's amazing. Yeah, um, she's a good girl. She mm-hmm. has not. I'm worried because so I cannot walk her by myself. She pulls too hard. I'm not strong enough. She will drag me across the tarmac. It's just gonna yeah. happen. So and you can't yank her right now at all if she gets up if she away if she
1: decides to try and take off after a squirrel or a lizard while walking her witchy does sometimes do right um yeah i would not be able to hold her right now
0: right so i was worried that her not getting a daily walk she was going to be rambunctious or she was going to start to act out she was just going to like miss it cuz she loves going on walks and yeah. she's four right now Content to sit on the couch with you, yes, and follow you everywhere, yeah, and just make sure you're okay. Um, yeah, so that's it, it seems. It, see, it
1: seems just being in close proximity with me um, is is enough for her mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: the cats are the cats. Yeah, uh, we did finally make a decision after Ella spent one night meowing for up to an hour and a half solid at a time that she should not be alone at night. And I get it, she was a community cat right. that was brought in and kept because she was so friendly and they decided to adopt her out. Um, and she's used to, she is content and quiet when it's not mealtime when everybody's around. Mm-hmm. So Onyx and she don't hate each other as much as they once did. So now we kick Onyx out of the bedroom at night, um, so that even if they're not together, Ella realizes she's not alone. Right. And she still meows a bit at night, but, but since nothing, we did that... yeah,
1: nothing like, yeah. No.
0: We're also going to do some rearranging and get more of their stuff out of bedrooms and into the living room, since that's going to be sort of right. a communal area. We, even, we haven't done anything about it, but we have even talked about maybe moving Lola's crate into the living room um, and let her be out there too, partly because... Uh-huh. This office is massive. It's the reason we bought this house. We might be outgrowing it because we're probably trying to do too much, but whatever. We are who we are. So some of that stuff, yeah, we might do that, which we know that still means that Lola will be in here with us when we're working. Oh, yeah. Uh, We had to have a very serious conversation, (laughs) legit, about uh, could the love seat that's here in the office go to make space And then we had to face the fact that that is Lola's love seat. And we could not do that to her. No, That's who we are. We will not get rid of a piece of furniture because it would upset the dog. That's our life now. Uh, So, (laughs) um, yeah. So the fur babies are the fur babies. Mm -hmm. The kids are good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's about it. We're just yeah. working and doing our thing. And if I say too much, what are we gonna talk about Friday night that's at true. the Hangout? That's true. Uh, besides our favorite TV shows, books, and movies, as well as the foods we like to eat and what alcoholic beverages we may or may not be uh, drinking at the time. I mean, cause we're not, none of us are creatures of habit who talk about the same thing every time, whatever we enjoy it. Right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's it, that's enough. Yeah. So I uh, thank y'all for for being here with us. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully uh, if the answers we provided were not helpful or useful, they were at least entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and also a reminder, it is perfectly okay with us. If you heard that question, or like, I would do something completely different than what they advised. That's cool. Go for mm-hmm. it. Not a damn thing wrong with that. Um, so okay, we're gonna go. okay, and we will. Talk to y'all mm-hmm. later this week, next week. I don't know. Mm, yeah, okay. Bye.
1: Bye.